0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Chapter Surfing. I am your host, Lenny Burnham, and today we are talking about House MD, which is loosely based on the Sherlock Holmes stories by Arthur Conan Doyle. And our guest is Sarah Golub, who you may remember from the elementary episode. (laughs)
1: Hi. Hi. My name is Sarah Golub, (laughs) and I love talking about Sherlock Holmes, and I love watching TV. Those are the two (laughs) main bullet points about me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'm so excited to have you back and this is going to be our first episode on something where it's this much like loosely based so i think it will be very exciting um so uh, you on the elementary episode went into detail on your history with Sherlock Holmes um you don't have to walk us through the entire thing again <laughs> but i think people would like to know uh what came first reading those stories or watching house
1: uh i don't recall um yeah, I, I, did, I did like my whole history with elementary because um, it was like long, a long walk to get there. It was a long journey to get me like a full elementary head or whatever the name of the fans are. But <laughs> uh, with House, it's like much simpler it Was like I was early teens, mid, late teens, somewhere in there. Um, I started watching House. I started reading the Sherlock like Holmes stories. One pushed me to the other, I don't know which, and then I was completely obsessed with them because when you were a teenager, your brain is full of chemicals (laughs) that make you just deranged. Just unhinged when you see or read something that you're like, I like that. That just is your brain and it rewires you forever. So I'm like this now. (laughs) Very simple, Uh, House M D was like, he was the weirdest man alive, and I was like, "Great, that's just the bar now forever." <laughs> um,
0: so, I feel like I want to start you off with kind of like a vague question, uh, just to like get to sort of your your big theses about this stuff. Um, if, it's, if it's too vague to talk about, let me know. Um, but I guess like my sort of big question to start us off is like, looking at House MD as a Sherlock Holmes adaptation, do you feel like there's sort of a main thing that this show is saying about the Sherlock Holmes stories?
1: Uh, ooh, I, yeah, I like that question because that's fun.: uh, <laughs> I think in terms of how House informs Sherlock Holmes, or possibly the reverse, um, there are, yeah, there's definitely a lot of influences, the character of House is, is very much drawing on Sherlock Holmes, and it's drawing a lot on this, you know, this idea of deduction, this idea of, like, if you are observant, you can apply that to lots of things, not just solving crime, but, like, any job you had, if you Mm -hmm. took, had those skills, like, that would be really helpful, but, I think the main thing that makes House an actual Holmes adaptation as opposed to just like another in a series of detectives, because Mm -hmm. so many detectives were influenced by Sherlock Holmes, I think the main thing is that the Holmes and Watson dynamic that House does with House and Wilson, because like one, House and Wilson are the point of the show Mm -hmm. that's The pilot has a scene about, like, Will House doesn't care about anyone. And it's like, uh, does he care about you, Wilson? And Wilson's like, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You got me there. Uh, and then the, the, the season, the series finale is about House and Wilson's relationship. And, uh, House picking Wilson over medicine, over practicing medicine. Uh, so, like, that's very much what the show is about, but... Also, in terms of, like, informing actual episodes, like, kind of the joke, if you are not the, I, I only talk to people who are also really interested in House and Wilson's relationship, <laughs> um, but one of the jokes of the show is, like, in season one, like, Wilson, like, fully doesn't have a job. Like, Wilson <laughs> just shows up in scenes and is like, House, what are you doing? Or, like, let's talk about how you feel. Or, like, let's just hang out. But he has like nothing to do with the cases or the medicine in any way. And like eventually the show finds ways to like have him do a job and include him in episodes. But like, there's House is doing the amazing genius stuff. Then there's his team who are involved because they work for him and they are actually like running tests and like they're bringing a new perspective. And there's Cuddy, who's House's boss. And so, like, he, in the procedural elements of this, it's, you know, House does his genius thing, he has people who disagree with him, and then he has someone who he has to go to to be, like, uh, it's, you know, like, the, the cop, the renegade cop who, like, has his captain who's like, you're a loose cannon, or whatever. <laughs> like, it, all that stuff you could see in any detective show or any medical drama. I mean, obviously, the house is deranged, but, like, (laughs) you you know what I mean, is, like, any medical drama would be, like, a doctor and the people on their team working together, but, like, Wilson just being there to show up, who has no real role in the procedural (laughs) elements of this procedural TV show, is, I think, something that only exists because it is an adaptation of uh, Sherlock Holmes, and something that I do think really sets House apart from Similar shows.
0: Yeah, and that is, like, a direct element in Sherlock Holmes that Watson is a doctor who does not do doctor <laughs> stuff. Like, there's uh, – I I tweeted about this, but there's some story where Sherlock was like, are you very busy tomorrow with your medical practice? And he's like, oh, no, I'm never busy with yes. it. <laughs> what? Um, what? And there's just something so funny about, like, like that element – is already ridiculous when uh when Holmes is a detective but setting it among doctors at a hospital <laughs> and Watson is still a doctor who doesn't do doctor stuff is such, so funny
1: it's it's amazing uh, yeah there's um there's, there's a great bit in the uh, Sherlock Holmes stories uh um yeah we are in you, uh, you read The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I've uh, also read uh, for the elementary episode The Illustrated Adventures, which is. There's like, I think half of them were ones I'd already read. Yeah, it was
1: like the best of. <laughs> uh, there's a great bit in one of the later stories where um, Holmes just like assumes that Watson's gonna come with him like to the country, and then uh, Watson's like well, my practice, and Holmes immediately is like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was keeping you from your practice, and then Watson's like, I was actually going to say that, like, I um, am completely available, I have nothing (laughs) to do. Which is so charming, because, like, one, again, it's ridiculous that Watson never has work to do. He's, He's either a terrible doctor or a terrible businessman, or the incredibly lazy... Uh, but it's also just so funny that, like, for even the thought that Watson might be like, I have a job, Holmes is immediately like, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't know you worked suddenly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My favorite element in those stories is how often Holmes will be like, not only be like, come to me, come with me on this random adventure, but also how often he's like, Watson, bring your gun. <laughs> it's So great. Every time that happens, I'm like, hire a security guy, dude. <laughs> uh, there's um, God, yeah. There,
1: there's so many great little moments with it. The, yeah, there's one where like they're they're going out of town, and Holmes is like, I think if you just pack a gun and your toothpaste. A, a, if you pack your gun and a toothbrush, uh, we should be good. <laughs> Which is an amazing list. And also, like, <laughs> it almost sounds uh, kind of sexual. It's like, just bring a toothbrush. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're not going to leave that <laughs> Uh oh, Speaking of the... the the best one of that is actually uh, in Thorbridge, uh, The Adventure of Thorbridge, which has an incredibly horny passage where Holmes and Watson are like alone in a train car, and uh, Holmes just like is like, like puts his like hand on Watson's knee and is like, hey, could I, could I see your gun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always forgetting mine because you know, Columbia, you could you just take out your gun and uh, let me handle it? <laughs>
0: Um yeah, one thing I really like about their relationship that I would like to see more of in adaptations is like that Watson as narrator is like always talking about how like thin and delicate Sherlock Holmes is and then Watson is just like this big guy who Holmes tells to bring a gun all the time. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And like you get you sort of get a little of that in-house, like, he is not particularly physically strong and is also always talking about, like, the OC, um, <laughs> but it does still have an element of him being, like, riding a motorcycle and listening to rock music or whatever.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I talked about this on the elementary episode, uh, you listeners, you do not need to go back and listen to that. Just watch, just believe me that elementary is good, watch it on your own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but, yeah, it's, I think there's this thing where, yeah, frustrating thing to me about Sherlock Holmes as a fan is that, like, he's gotten really entrenched in, like, a bunch of very boring straight British dudes Mm -hmm. uh, are, like, oh, I identify as that character, and so he, they just projected onto him all these, like, oh, because I like Sherlock Holmes and I'm a cool guy, Sherlock Holmes (laughs) should also be cool. And it's like, he's not cool. That's what's cool about him. He's like this little, he, his little friendless twerp who's really into music and operas and loves to quote Shakespeare at criminals and (laughs) put on little costumes and put on like scenes and then... He also is awesome. Like, that's what's cool about him, is that he's not trying to be cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the main things we know about Holmes are that he's just curling up his long body on his armchair, and he's a sleepy little guy. He's a sleepy little guy. (laughs) I, they definitely sort of incorporated the thing of, like, I love that Holmes is always, like closing his eyelids when clients are talking to him and then is like surprised that they're annoyed. He's like, no, I'm paying very careful attention. I'm also just curling up and looking like I'm asleep. And, um, you definitely see that element with the, not the main patients as much, but definitely the clinic patients where House will just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm fully playing a video game right now, but yeah, I mean, I still know what your diagnosis is. <laughs>
1: Riz, like, you guys are underestimating how much I need to focus <laughs> on you. <laughs> uh, there is a very funny bit in A Study with Scarlet where Watson is like, Holmes is like so like languid and sleepy and he's always like, his eyes are like half closed and he just sort of zones out on the couch they're like if I didn't know better I think he was high and then like next book immediately opens with uh Watson being like so it turns out he was taking drugs all the time that's what that was I don't know (laughs) not a great doctor didn't put that together (laughs) there's some
0: there is some story you probably remember the specifics where like he finds Holmes in a drug den and he's doing like or, not he's doing, but, like, the I drug the people, opium Yeah, <laughs> people are, like, doing opium, and Watson is really like, whoa, is he adding opium to
1: the cocaine? <laughs> it's like, would that be, like, a huge twist? Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I, those... I do not know much about the historical context of opium dens. One, opium was con- seen as worse because it uh, came from Asia. Right. And thus, it was bad. <laughs> if you were in England and something came from not England, it's scary. <laughs> That's how that looks. Um, but I think it's also just, like, less of a controlled thing, mm. I guess. It's like, you, you. if you're going to a den, you don't know how much opium they're giving you. <laughs> Sherlock, wouldn't Sherlock Holmes, like, shoot up cocaine? Like, it was
0: a needle drug then, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like,
1: <laughs> mixed it himself because you could buy it at the pharmacy. <laughs> Didn't need to be a doctor if you just showed up and were like, one cocaine, please, uh, they'd give you one. Hell, yeah. <laughs> was not illegal.
0: <laughs> um... House also sort of incorporates this element that's in the stories where Watson is like a ladies' man. He's got a bunch of wives. Uh, (laughs) Wilson has a wife, which they reveal in like episode six. Um, And then uh, Holmes and House both like kind of don't for a long time. Um, Like there are episodes where House will say like, Yo, you can't make fun of my personal life. I don't have one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think that was, like, a really... uh, If that was an, an intentional choice, I think that was, like, a really funny adaptation choice because there's, um... If you get, like, really into home Scholarship, which is, like, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on <laughs> in that timeline because Arthur Conan Doyle would love to be like, this, this story is set in... 1909 and this set is uh this story is set in 1880 but I'm gonna say the one in 1909 happened first (laughs) fuck you uh Doyle was not paying attention until like (laughs) he gives so much information when he like doesn't have to every
0: story just like opens with Watson being like here I am looking back on all these case files, and I've selected this one for this reason. And I'm like, I know how a story works. You can just like skip to being like one time Sherlock did
1: this. <laughs> yeah, so much, uh, so much information, uh, and then so little of it is accurate. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, but a- as a result, there will be stories where Watson is married um, that are interspersed in the timeline of stories where he's not married, which kind of makes you be like, but weren't you married, like, last week? <laughs> like, like a, how can you in January have a wife, in March you don't, and then in, in, like, July you do again? Like, what happens there? And I think the fact that, they're like, that House was like, okay, so the deal is, Uh, Wilson is just always getting married and you never see them, uh, is, I think, just a really funny, like, dig at the original series. Uh, But also, like, I, yeah, I do think, as mentioned before, like, adaptations have a tendency to take Watson's, like, cool guy stuff and just give it to Holmes, which is, like, annoying because it's, like... One, Watson is already such an underdeveloped character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then two, yeah, it's that thing of, like, we just want Sherlock Holmes to be cool so that we can feel cool about it. Um, but, yeah, like, they make Wilson, like, so... Uh, like, his thing where, like, the reason why he's good with women is just because he's, like, he's friends with women and then women will eventually be like, I mean, you are a handsome man who's nice to me, so we should have sex. <laughs> Uh, And Wilson's, like, always surprised that that happens. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely, like,
0: a logic to it where, like, House is, like, the sexier character, obviously, in a lot of ways, and is, like, the one who, like, you, as a viewer, have a crush on. But then, like, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, like, once you get past, like, 25, acting like House doesn't really get you a girlfriend as (laughs) much as acting like Wilson does.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) definitely, but I almost, I would almost believe that in the original series, because Wilson, uh, Watson is such, like, so surprised whenever anyone gives him a compliment. (laughs) Uh, so the, uh, like, specific home stuff
0: doesn't come up that much, uh, from what I could tell from, like, quickly Googling it, (laughs) um, I know, uh, on my other podcast, House of House, uh, you talk about the connection between uh Rebecca Adler in the pilot which is obviously a play on Irene Adler uh who's also a character in the first home story um and I really liked your take on it uh would you like to talk about that
1: here for people who don't want to look up your episode of house of house okay uh (laughs) yeah I I don't want to make people do homework to listen to this podcast besides the obvious homework that you should watch uh, all 177 episodes of House M.D., and then read all, uh, all 60 Holmes stories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I, I think, um, Irene Adler in the, like, public consciousness gets kind of a bad rap, because she's, uh, the only one who, she's the only woman who outsmarts, uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, at least at that point in his life. Hopefully, other women outsmart him (laughs) after that but like she's the first one where he's like oh I guess like women can be smarter than me like that's never occurred to me before um and now I believe in feminism or whatever uh (laughs) um but oh yeah a lot of adaptations will make her so that Holmes can be the good guy in that situation, they'll make Irene Adler like the bad guy because why else would she outsmart him? Uh, Even though something I really like in the story is that like Holmes is actually in the wrong and he he learns a lesson about himself being wrong. Mm -hmm. And assuming that because a guy comes to him and is like, My ex is doing something awful. Like Holmes actually learns a valuable lesson and like maybe I shouldn't take that guy at his (laughs) word, which is a good lesson to learn.
0: Sadly, he did not learn the lesson to stop uh, lighting houses on fire when he wants to to solve something.
1: Yeah. To be fair though, I mean if you got invited to just go do whatever, you would light some houses (laughs) on fire. He loves to burn things. Unrelated to detective. I love that it's presented,
0: this, sorry, this is such an aside about that story, right, no, but perfect. it's like, it's presented as like this brilliant insight that he has about women where he's like, you know, if their house is on fire, they'll save what's important to them. And it's like, that's not you being a smart detective. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost just a threat. Yeah woman quality like he's like oh yeah man will just leave his burning house and have a beer Who cares?
1: god that does feel like something House would say though yes i think there there should have been an episode of house where he said to someone's apartment on fire and he's like see you know why you went back in because you're a woman <laughs> yes. um, um Yeah, so yeah, uh, in the Sherlock Holmes story, A Scandal in Bohemia, um, it is about how Sherlock Holmes is wrong, and he learns a lesson about being wrong, and that is the point, but a lot of people are like, well, I need to identify with Sherlock Holmes, and thus he can't do anything wrong, and he has to be the best, uh, so obviously, if I'm adapting that story, it should be about a way in which he was secretly right to hate her, uh, and she feels a need to apologize to him about that (laughs) situation where he was stalking some stranger. Um, So, yeah, uh, the other thing that drives me kind of crazy is that because in, yeah, in the Victorian era, in, like, 19, in the, yeah, in the 1880s, writing a story about a man who realizes women can be smart had some merit to it right. because of the time period <laughs> and the social, like, the, the women's rights at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, some adaptations, even if they're not actively, like, Irene Adler can go fuck herself, will still be, like, and this is something elementary falls into, which is frustrating, uh, even though he does learn his lesson mm-hmm. and he, yeah. But, like, it will still fall into the trap of, like, Oh, okay, so it should be about Sherlock Holmes in the 2000s learning that women are smart, which is like, <laughs> no, that shouldn't be an issue at this point. Right. A <laughs> hundred years have passed. Um, so I think um, the, what they do with Rebecca Adler in the house pilot is that it's not about can women be smart, and it's not about her being some sort of blackmail or temptress, but it's that she's a patient who disagrees with House, and to the point where House, who usually doesn't speak to patients, has to actually talk to her to get her to take this treatment, because like none of his employees are able to get through to her, and she actually gets through to him. She makes a point to him that gets him to respect her and think of patients differently, and I think that that's a really smart adaptation choice to be like, obviously this shouldn't be about is our male lead in the modern day, uh, able to respect women, but like making it about a different group Mm -hmm. of people that isn't, you know, a minority, (laughs) (laughs) probably. (laughs) I think that was very smart. (laughs) Yeah, I,
0: I really like that take on the pilot. And, uh, this is not related to the house pilot, but in, uh, related to that story, um, it's just so weird how, like, how people took it to, like, uh, you know, to ship uh, Sherlock and Irene Adler because it's just, like, so funny how much, like, once you actually read it after, you know, like, I went my whole life being like, oh, yeah, that's his soulmate. um, It's just, like, it's a nice story about her, like, marrying someone else and going off and having, like, a great life.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is, like, she has a husband, and Holmes is at the wedding. Like, if he want Sherlock Holmes, if he wanted to ruin a wedding, would easily be able to do that. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I feel like if you would latch on
0: to anyone, it would be the woman in that story where she's, like, a governess who yes. asked him if she could take that job. Because, like, in that one, like, Watson literally shipped them. Like, at the end, he's like... And then, like, Sherlock lost interest in her and was really disappointed. <laughs> like, it just seems like he, like, keeps being like, hey, you're going to call that girl, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've, uh obviously I have an encyclopedic knowledge of all the Sherlock Holmes stories uh, just baked into my brain because uh, it's been marinating all pandemic. But uh, <laughs> I did, I specifically reread that one uh, before this podcast because I remembered it being a banger, but I didn't remember it super well. Um... So yeah, that's, uh, that's the Adventure of the Copper Beaches, uh, Beaches with two E's, so I might be spelling it, I Mm -hmm. might be saying it wrong, uh, with, yeah, Violet Hunter, and yeah, I was reading that, remembering that Watson gets really into, like, ooh, maybe there's something (laughs) here, and, like, she actually does make a lot of sense as a Holmes partner (laughs) if he was actually interested in her, because she's, like, okay, so I got this job, but I have, but I'm really good at picking up details about people, and I was immediately like, alarm bells are going off. Uh, I, t- I took the job anyway, and I, on my own, decided to do an investigation into this house, my boss's house that I wasn't asked to uh, because I really like doing little investigations, <laughs> and it's like, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, in general, I find it really charming how much, like, Sherlock Holmes is like aggressively not a cop. He's just like interested in solving things. And that story in particular, I think it's probably my favorite so far, partially cause it's just like such a fantasy as like as someone who spends all my time applying to jobs, I'm just like the idea of being able to be like, oh, this pays a lot, but I have kind of a bad feeling about it. And just like consulting Sherlock Holmes, is like, wow, that would be incredible.
1: Uh, I love how many of the Sherlock Holmes stories are just like, uh, I got this job offer and it's obviously a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Counterpoint: I need a job. Like I think I think more adaptations should be about the sort of like non-criminal situations mm-hmm. where like yes, crimes end up being involved, but like like just like hey. Uh, having a job sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: such a, like, like I said, like, such a fantasy of, like, God, I wish I could just consult someone about, like, situations with weird vibes. I just want to be able to be like, hey, this guy on Tinder said this one thing that seemed a little weird to me, and just, like, get Sherlock Holmes on the case.
1: God, yeah, when is someone going to make Sherlock Holmes but just Tinder consults? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, that almost feels like it should have been, like...
0: What psych is instead of being a a a, a like another sh- criminal show is just like the type of like su- psychic you call up and consult, but he will like actually look into it and then be like, oh yeah, bad feeling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and like bring up the Shippo thing because I. Yeah, I just wanted on record. I didn't get too into this in uh, the Elementary episode because, like, Elementary just takes in the world of Elementary, Watson and Moriarty are women, so I'm like, okay, in the world of Elementary, Sherlock Holmes has to be interested in women because Watson and Moriarty are <laughs> women, and that's like, if yeah, that's even even if he wasn't, he'd be like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> If you're putting me in this position where the two people I find most interesting in the world are women, I will look past the fact that I am incredibly not heterosexual. But uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, in the books, he's not heterosexual. I cannot stress this enough. This isn't me being a shipper. This isn't like a lens. He expresses no interest in women in the whole series. You can decide that he's gay. You can decide that he's asexual. You can decide that he's celibate. You can decide that there's just some other... He's, like, one of those people who's, like, really sexually attracted to, like, architecture. (laughs) Whatever you feel... Is fine and valid, he's just never attracted to women, and you have to understand
0: that. Yeah, in that story we were just talking about when the like governess shows up who seems like she'd be someone he's really interested in, he's just like immediately like, oh, if she was my sister. And I don't think maybe they do. Did they say that she's like significantly younger than him?
1: I think it's I don't recall, but like she is a governess, so probably Okay. <laughs> And she, yeah, she's impersonating, like, a woman in her early 20s, so she's gotta be okay. not. So I guess uh, she is, <laughs> like, a little young for him, but it's still, like,
0: pretty weird to meet an adult woman and immediately be like, oh, I wouldn't want that to happen to my sister. Like, that's his only thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's, in The Adventure of Sherlock Holmes, he's in his 30s. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He, he dies around 40 and then he comes back. So <laughs> that's around the age period that he's um yeah I'm gonna very there is one quote in the whole series where Sherlock Holmes admits a woman is attractive (laughs) and it's in such a roundabout way where it's like after he's retired so he's like an old man and there's a woman who's like 22 and he's like yeah, you know what? I really, I really think women are pretty, but I, I totally get why these people are like freaking out about her, which is so like steeped in caveats yeah. and concepts of like, one, he's like, and I don't want you to, I, when I say this, I don't want you to go around thinking that I'm into women, but, uh, but I just also think it would be nice to be young again. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's not. If that's the only proof in the series. <laughs> That he's attracted to women. Like, it just, it drives me crazy because so many adaptations, House Among Them, will have, be like, Sherlock Holmes. Obviously, if he's gonna have a love interest, that'd be a woman, uh, it'll be a woman. Where it's like, you are making that up. That is your little <laughs> weird fan lore. It has nothing to do with the text. Right. <laughs> it just, it's a real pet peeve of mine. Like, yes, I would like there to be an adaptation where Holmes and Watson fall in love and get married uh because they basically do in the stories but uh, even even if it wasn't that it's just he's not attracted to women he's just not that's you are making that up yeah yeah
0: Yeah, and in house i mean it's weird because like you and i can both say he is super gay and that is correct it's just Uh, correct yeah but they do unfortunately get like super weird with, like, how much he'll, like, talk about women and their huge bazongas and stuff that you're just like, why is this part of it? Why does he have to be flipping out because he as a doctor got to look at a woman's boobs?
1: Yeah, it's... There's a lot of really weird sexes in House, and it is mostly weird because, like, House will say these things and then, like, not act on them <laughs> ever, which is... Like, um, uh, yeah, to go back to uh, House of House, your other uh, <laughs> podcast, um, there, I just listened to the sports medicine episode and you talked about how, um, House Cameron used to like really annoy you as a ship, and I felt the same way. And I, I'm farther along in my rewatch right now, um, and I noticed that, like, while House and Cameron was really, really annoying the first time, well, the first few times I watched the show. <laughs> Like now knowing how much that's never a thing, like House (laughs) never returns Cameron's attraction to him, it's like it is a lot easier to take and kind of amusing because like yeah, the the for those of you who don't remember House that well, um in season one House has a very beautiful, very, very young employee who gets this big crush on him and like really, really thinks that they can work and like forces him to go on a date with her in a very weird plot line because you shouldn't be allowed to force your boss (laughs) to take you on a date um not in her works that's not a good work environment um but she's like really really aggressively pursuing him and really thinks that something's going on there and she's like obviously a beautiful woman um who likes him and he's just like "Mm, hard pass (laughs) And it's, the show presents this as, like, because he's so damaged, he can't feel that <laughs> stuff or whatever, and then, like, they, they shortly after that plotline, they bring in his ex-girlfriend who, he, uh, Stacey, who he did have, like, an actual relationship with, uh, at, almost to be, like, he can't date Cameron because he's not over Stacy, but it's just sort of, like, it's so weird that they presented that situation of, like, this older guy who's, like, mm, hard pass to this beautiful young woman. <laughs> yeah, the, like,
0: there is obviously a lot of sexual harassment on House that I do not <laughs> like. There's just real, di- a lot of different categories of sexual harassment on that show. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In the but I do love how, like, He's clearly like sexually harassing Cameron and Chase and Foreman and Wilson all the same amount and yeah. Cuddy as well. And so then, when like Cameron tries to like do something about it, he's just like, no, like everyone is supposed to understand that that's my bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's so great about the House Thirteen relationship is that Thirteen is an even younger, even more beautiful young doctor, um, and then House well made comments about her being hot, and then but like she she just immediately clocks being like, no, I'm gonna be mean to you, and he's like, yes, finally <laughs> someone gets it. This is the bit, and then they become very good friends because, like, yeah, it's like House who's always making these like really sexist comments. Uh, because back in the 2000s, being ironically offensive was cool. (laughs) Uh, um, He becomes really good friends with this super hot, young bisexual woman (laughs) just because he's like, finally, someone who will treat me like a brother.
0: (laughs) So there's another episode I wrote down uh, titled No Reason, Uh, where House gets shot and the guy who shoots him is named Moriarty, which if my research looking at the House wiki is correct, that's not actually ever said on the episode. It's like you find out from the credits, um, which sort of seems like a last minute addition so that like, they were like, that'd be a fun bit, um, that may not have any relevance to the episode, but, uh, did you feel like that, uh, that that was, an episode that had something to say about the Moriarty character?
1: Um Yeah, okay, so on one level, um, not really. <laughs> and on another level, um, spoilers for no reason and then the rest of the house. Just I'm gonna spoil the rest of the house. This is uh really. Sure. Yeah. So it's a to very today. old <laughs> show you guys should have watched. Yeah, you've <laughs> had nearly ten whole years to it's watch been... the entire run. <laughs>
0: It's been on USA every minute of every day for your entire life. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, it, the in no reason uh, house gets shot by this guy, and then he ends up having confrontations with him throughout the episode. Afterwards, as they both recover, because the guy got uh, shot escaping by security. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very funny, the idea that a hospital security will shoot you, and then they have to treat you. Uh, like, of course that's what would happen if you get shot by hospital security, but it's just very funny <laughs> that it's like, you don't even leave the bullet. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of, like,
0: the doctors talking to security and being like, can you shoot them in, like, a different part where it's easier to remove <laughs> the bullet?
1: <laughs> right, that's, that's what security training is, is like, here's just what's easiest on us. <laughs> um... But yeah, throughout the episode, House has confrontations, and House realizes that he's, um, as a result of his surgery, he started hallucinating, and then the reveal is that actually everything after he gets shot has been a hallucination, Mm -hmm. and this whole thing has been in House's head. And so I think that there is, and then there are, in in season five, House starts hallucinating again, um, and there are other times throughout the series where he kind of like hallucinates a bit. Because of his drug use, mm-hmm. and also because his massive brain is so powerful, <laughs> um, so I think that there you could write a good essay about how Moriarty in House is actually House's own subconscious mm-hmm. brain, uh, looking at problems against him, and that's his main foe is his own mind. And so, in that way, No Reason is about Moriarty. <laughs> but I also think that that would be like an easy thing that you could argue against. <laughs> <laughs> fair got to hear both sides
0: yeah (laughs) um do you feel like any of the characters besides house and wilson um the the more minor supporting characters particularly like remind you of any i know none of them are direct analogs uh would you say any of those characters remind you of any sherlock holmes universe characters
1: um yeah i yeah i will say it's um it's very loosey goosey <laughs> <laughs> um this is i also okay i think i only think this because i watched house before i got to like the later show at like, Holmes stories but there is a detective called hopkins who's like kind of a total like Holmes fanboy uh who Holmes is like I'm trying to teach him how to be a detective but it's not going so well Uh, (laughs) um that's mean to Hopkins because I'm mean to Hopkins I think he's uh he's a silly character um so I see Chase into there and then I think that like you can kind of get the vibes of like Foreman as like you know just like those other detectives that come in that are like very by the books and very like Oh, Mister Sherlock Holmes with his weird little theories. Uh, you know, be careful with those. We'll prove you wrong, and then be like, "Oh, fine, okay, <laughs> so you got it." Um, I yeah, I think the closest is Amber as Watson's wife, uh, who was hmm. introduced in a uh, Sign of Four. Um. Yeah, uh, Mary Morrison in the Sign of the Sign of the Four. He's, like, she's not super Sherlock Holmesy, but she is, like... She's, yeah, she's very, like, sensible. She takes good notes. Uh, Holmes uh, does, like, immediately clap, like, oh, this is, like, a good client because she's not, like, an idiot. And she actually, like, was very helpful to this situation. Um, and I think a lot of things kind of extrapolate from that to be, like, okay, yeah, if Watson lives with Sherlock Holmes, and then also the woman he, the only one we see him have a romance with is also, like, very sensible and level-headed, but also, like, ooh, I love an adventure. Uh, <laughs> uh then probably Mary Morrison would be, like, Holmes-esque, and I think Amber is a very, very, uh, big extrapolation on that idea, but it, um, also she dies tragically. Uh, <laughs> Which is part of the books. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 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 way she dies in uh, the way Amber dies in House is like very much House's fault, um, and so House and Wilson have like a big falling out over that for like four episodes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, which I think is like I guess a way to make up for how shitty the situation in the books is because in the books, uh, Holmes fakes his death, disappears for three years, and in that time period, uh, Watson's wife dies. (laughs) uh, Which is like, I know there's no way Holmes could have anticipated that while he was uh, pretending to be dead, his best friend would go through, like, the worst thing possible. (laughs) But it's so shitty that Holmes shows up and is like... So, (laughs) turns out that I'm not dead, um, but I guess now you're available? (laughs) He's, he, when he shows back up, uh, the only, the way we find out that Mary Morrison has died is just this one line of dialogue, which is like, oh, yeah, one line of narrative where Watson is like, uh, somehow Holmes had learned of my own sad bereavement, um, but Holmes is like, well, the best, uh, the best antidote to sorrow, yeah, Wook is the best antidote to sorrow, and it's <laughs> oh, like, geez. okay, cool, cool thing for you to say, uh, where were you during the funeral, just, just so shitty, he's such a piece of shit, <laughs> uh, so I feel like House really gets to, uh, they're, they're trying to hit how shitty that situation <laughs> is, but, like, in four episodes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's...
0: Uh... The House Amber situation is, like, much more of sort of, like, an active thing as opposed to, like... It's very passive to be, like, I was gone for three years, but, hey, let's let's get back to work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, House also fakes his death. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> spoilers for house uh do you feel like there were any sort of similarities between those two situations i mean the the obvious difference is that house is like wilson you gotta come with me we're, yeah. we're faking my death together <laughs> which is much better
1: yeah I, I really like that they they do that that fix where they're like um no, that was that sucks uh, The kind was wrong and we're not gonna do that. Um, yeah, this is definitely in the realm of fan speculation um, in terms of like adaptation choices of like what what Holmes's motives were for faking his death. but I think that there's there is a real case to be made. There's a valid read of why Holmes faked his death, which is that he was doing it to protect Watson, and that he was... Because Moriarty had people that were going to hunt him down, that uh, Holmes was like, if I tell Watson I'm alive, then Watson will be in danger. That's a very... The text would support that, and that's a valid read. And you can also read that he was just an asshole who didn't think about it. (laughs) That's also fair enough. But I think... um, if you are going to take that read, then House faking his death so that um, he can be with Wilson is is in line with that original concept, mm-hmm. um, but it is also very much like, yeah, House M.D. was like, no, this should just be about House and Wilson, <laughs> <laughs> and they were right to do so.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that seems like a weird... I don't want to call it a go-to, because I've sh- I've seen shows do it twice, but that still feels like too many times. Yeah. Um, White Collar <laughs> also ends with Neil faking his death, because um, it just does feel like a convenient like, have your cake and eat it too, to like, have the emotions of killing off the main character and then be like, but it's totally fine, um, but I do think that... When House does it, it's okay, because it's for the sake of gay love, and when White Color did it, it was not okay, because it tore Neil and Peter apart.
1: Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> even mad about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you're gonna fake your death, it should be to hang out with your bro.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Do you feel like uh, House should have used that storyline earlier, so it could be a true, true Sherlock homage, <laughs> and just had a season finale where he died? <laughs> And then it comes back, and he's like, no. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm here.
1: Um. Okay, so, like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, I would prefer it if uh, House MD had not given Wilson cancer. Yes. Because they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, and I do think that they should do one of those, like, um, one of those, like, six episode revival things but it's just we just step in and it's uh those two characters being like we're both still alive uh and then if they can get Olivia Wilde she'll be like 13's also still alive and then that's (laughs) and then like you know uh roll credits (laughs) um like if Besides the fact that I hate that Wilson uh, has cancer and is going to die at the end of the series, I do like that they made that about, yeah, again, the, the sake of them running off together. And I think um whatever sacrifices had to be made to the narrative <laughs> towards the end goal of the end shot of the series being <laughs> House and Wilson riding off into the sunset yes. together... <laughs> Um, you know, sacrifices have to be made. I do think, yeah, it was a real missed opportunity that they weren't just sort of like, House died, and then they find. fight. <laughs> and then everyone gets mad at him. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think they do plays on that idea of, like, him returning after whatever extended period of time, uh, after getting shot in season two, and then, like, him, uh, he checks himself into a rehab and mental institution. Uh, at the end of season five, and he, like, comes back in season... So Like, the he gets arrested at the end of season seven, and he uh comes back, and, and like, every time people are like, House is back, how do we deal with <laughs> this? But, yeah, I think they really should have gone all out on that. <laughs>
0: yes. It, they, uh I guess it was, like, it would have been too early for the big... There was, like, a while when, in, like, 2013, when, like, every show would be like, yeah, the main character's dead. Like, the blacklist did it. And you would be (laughs) like, I don't think they are. But, like, everyone would, like, do interviews being like, oh, yeah, who knows what's going to happen without the main character. And then, like, the next week would just be like, they're not dead. Um, And uh, I think in, like, 2007, House would have been really ahead of the curve if they'd just, like, done a... (laughs) <laughs> a season finale that was, like,
1: I guess Foreman's in charge. <laughs> uh, Lenny, I have a question for yes. you. Um, who are your top three favorite team members?
0: <laughs> On House? Yes. Um, let me think. I've been watching so much of season one, I was, like, immediately, like, there is only three, but, yeah, yeah there's a lot of those guys.
1: I mean, also, like, if you're, like, uh, if you just got a strong take on, like, original team <laughs> versus previous teams. <laughs> uh, I think my top three would be,
0: like, obviously number 113. Yes. Like, <laughs> I just want TV to be trashy again, where it will be comfortable being, like, you know what's a good character? Someone who basically acts like House, but it's a really hot bisexual girl and she'll kiss girls on screen. And I'm like, yes, that is a great yeah. character! <laughs> TV did not have to improve at all from that era. We had it.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's such a shame uh, because like... Yeah, there was like this weird thing after that where like they TV overcorrected and they would have like characters... Yeah, they'd have women who kissed other women on screen. But they like wouldn't say the word bisexual <laughs> yeah just so weird and baffling and i'm i'm watching house and like at the time i found it very like annoying um i mean i probably thought it was cool at the time too but like the, i understood the perspective of like oh uh, this is so like fetishizing of bisexuality that house is like always commenting on the fact that 13's bisexual but like watching it now in 2022 <laughs> It's, like, actually very refreshing that, like, every episode of the show, like, they won't do anything titillating, but they'll just be like, we're going to mention that the team's bisexual because that's her I- orientation, and we just want everyone to keep in mind that we, you can't forget it, She, we have a bisexual lead on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's this, like, bizarre movement now where people will be like, you know what's the best bisexual representation I've ever seen? Eleanor on The Good Place. Mm. I like that it's not in your face. And I'm like, okay, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> I like when queer rap is in my face. Yeah. I like when it's like, <laughs> you're Um, But anyway, uh, second, definitely Chase. He just wants a kiss from daddy <laughs> so badly. And I also like, I know this is, does not actually reflect well on his personality, but I do Really give him credit for how often he's like, I mean, I'm just gonna agree with House because House is always right. I'm like, yeah, yeah clearly. Um when, like it uh since I've been watching Succession, it always reminds me of Succession in that aspect where I'm like, no, Tom is right that in this universe you should just always agree with Logan. Like yeah. that's just <laughs> the correct thing yeah. to do. Um and then number three. I think I would probably say Park, like I feel like they never like fully fleshed her out and it did seem almost like a little condescending in its portrayal of having like a regular not super hot woman on the team, um, but it is still like, it still felt like finally like there was a team member I could relate to and she had a lot of potential. and. <laughs> For some reason, one episode, her love interest was Patrick Stump, which is like, yes, that's exactly how you pander to me, uh, with the one relatable character.
1: Yeah, it's Patrick Stump, and then they're like, at some point, she and Chase are going to have sex. Yes. (laughs) Which is, God, yeah, there's that, uh... Season 8 is a rather distant memory for me, but I do remember, like, just a great scene where, uh, someone asks, uh, her and Chase if, uh, they've slept together, and Chase is like, no, and, uh, Park goes, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, like, like
0: I said, uh, there was definitely something sort of, like, condescending about the treatment of that character, which you definitely saw in the Park-Chase relationship, because there was sort of an element of, like, could you believe it if we did that, but then I was also like, oh, but I'm so into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean like that's kind of the thing with house and other stuff from that era is like you do have to put up with a lot of really annoying, like yeah, just like annoying attitudes and then also like often just blatant sexist, misogynistic, right. <laughs> uh like uh kind of like consent isn't real stuff. Um, but at the same time like people will just talk about things and do things that are interesting and i feel like now every time someone does something that's interesting either it has to be a statement or they're like we can't acknowledge this we can't even point out that it's happening
0: (laughs) yeah there's like such a weird sanitized thing of like every group being like this is what I am, and I'm articulating it perfectly, and here are all the myths about it, and those are not true about me, and then they, like, fuck off and don't appear again. Yeah. (laughs) just, like, I would much rather have the house approach of where it's, like, they're gonna come on, they're gonna be absolutely insane, because we're all (laughs) completely insane,
1: and they're gonna do some weird, sexy stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, everyone you know like yeah it's like annoying to be like equal opportunity offender, but it's like i just want them to talk about the <laughs> stuff <laughs> just actually have a conversation about this
0: um sarah i'll ask the same question back at you do you have a top three
1: yeah i i think it's uh 13 amber chase and then if amber doesn't count because she's technically not on the team <laughs> that long then park is <laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh Thirteen and Chase are great characters. They, uh, it's so, I like begrudgingly respect the fact that Chase and Thirteen were like never a ship because like on any other show, especially at the time, it would be like, obviously these two unbelievably hot white people are going to be like the main thing. And House is just like, no. And it like, It drives me crazy because I'm like, they are really hot and I do want them to get together, but I respect so much that the show's like, no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's... It's nice that 13 is like, oh, only women and then the guy who has house's personality (laughs) is isn't house. (laughs) (laughs) I do sort
0: of feel like they did... Foreman 13 so that people could say 14 and worked backwards from
1: there. And you know what? Uh, I'm re-watching season 5 and I think actually that, that they made the right call. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, at the, at the time I was like, Foreman's acting really out of character and now older and wiser I'm like, Oh right, yeah, if Olivia Wilde smiled at you, you would be like, time to ruin my life! That's... <laughs> your brain does not enter into that. Your brain is only coming up with ideas for you to make your life worse to impress her.
0: Yeah, uh, House and Chase are gay as hell for for not, uh, not going insane and only ruining their lives for unrelated reasons. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Chase is so into Cameron, and, like, Jennifer Morrison is a beautiful woman. Um, I'm not, like, I don't want to be insulting her, but, like, Cameron, to me, is such a dud of a character. Yes! It's so (laughs) frustrating, because, yeah, it's, like, not,
0: it's not that Jennifer Morrison isn't attractive, but the show was just immediately, like, okay, we're gonna have this, like, like, annoying know-it-all who's always in, like, a sweater vest and these, like, thin wire glasses, and, like, and it's just, like... Every single thing TV and movies have ever done to, like, signal to me that a girl is not hot is exactly what they do with Cameron. It, like, breaks my brain when, in dialogue, they're like, she's hot. Because I'm like, no, you told me (laughs) not to think that. She has glasses and a ponytail. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, I
1: will will say that what's very funny is that, like, yeah, um, Cameron... Yeah, wears the sweater vest and the the lab coat and, like, the the bangs and the ponytail and is always, like, hands on hand thing like, you can't do that, House, um, but has the body of an underwear model. Right. And then uh, Wilson does exactly that same stuff and wears those same clothes, <laughs> but, like, they don't fit him. Uh, and I'm like, obviously House wants to have sex with that guy. <laughs> but I think that's the brilliance of the show is that um, – what's yeah what's great about the house and wilson ship is that there are so many beautiful women on that show and house is like this guy (laughs) this little dork, (laughs) this this guy like in his 30s radiates middle-aged man that's that's the guy (laughs) um yeah i do love that the in the story is
0: watson at least how how i picture him is just like it seems like this really big dumb nice guy who like Obviously, seems definitely seems like someone you would want, you would like expect to protect you with how much Sherlock is like, bring your gun,
1: Watson. Um, yeah, Watson loves to be like, do you want me to protect you? And uh, Holmes will be like, I'm actually like just we're just going to the park, and Watson's <laughs> like, okay, but if you want me to. <laughs> yeah,
0: like reading the stories, I picture like Jacob Alordi from Euphoria. Yeah. Like Holmes is just like this weird nerd who randomly is friends with the captain of the football yeah. team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I do love that, but I do also love uh, that House M.D. is like, Holmes is a weird nerd and his best friend is a second weird nerd. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that was so weird. Like, <laughs> uh, it's weird
0: that I feel like the closest to the, like, hot jock interpretation they've gotten is somehow Lucy Liu. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Lucy Liu and then, like, implied uh Jude Law from the movies. <laughs> uh but even then they look like Robert Downey Jr. good at fighting, so it's Holmes is good at fighting in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holmes is good at boxing and fencing and any sport that doesn't involve being on a team. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do team t- <laughs> shit. He's a he's a singular little weirdo. Um but yeah no Lucy Lou is definitely like the closest to like actual jock Watson. <laughs> They weirdly this comparison like
0: just occurred to me. It's not fully fleshed out, but uh, I was just thinking about who reminds me of Holmes and Watson in the stories. I was like, they're kind of like Jonah and Garrett on Superstore. <laughs> like I feel like Holmes is just like, I'm gonna play my violin and I know everything about everything, and then Watson <laughs> is just like a really chill guy. He's like, okay, man, that's yeah. great. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's really what adaptation should be seeking to capture. <laughs> uh, um, there's something I want to say. There's just so much I want to say about them, because uh, they're just so, so weird and perfect.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so, like, what's so interesting about the home stories is that because there's no third person narrator, it's like, you just have no idea if anything is true. Like, yeah. <laughs> all, like,. <laughs> Holmes will just, like, say, like, and by the way, it seems like you lie a lot in the stories, and, which Watson chose to put in the story, which is such an insane, like, back and forth between them that he, like,
1: includes the fact that Holmes is always saying, you know, these stories are pretty full of lies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, Watson himself writing things will be like, and obviously I had to change a lot of details about this case. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> uh, and that yeah, that's actually, that's a reason why I really like, uh, Watson as a character, and I can get, uh, I will sort of tap out of any adaptation that doesn't do a good job of Watson as a character, because, like, he's, it's so fascinating that he's the perspective of these stories, and I, I, I talked about this on the elementary episode, where, like, you know, Holmes says that by rights, these stories should be, like, a series of lectures, so the fact that they're, like, fun adventure stories means that that's, like, something Watson is <laughs> making about them. Like, Watson's the one who's, like, ooh, let's make this fun and sexy. Like, that's his personality coming into the stories, and you don't really... Adaptations will sometimes, like, not really know what to do with that, and it's, like, um, just make him fun and sexy. I don't know, that's <laughs> the point. Yeah. <laughs> like, both... When I was reading them, I just had a, such a sense of, like...
0: Watson is a weird guy, and Arthur Conan Doyle is a weird guy, and you don't always know, like, where the line is between those two things, because there's just stuff like the fact that, like, like you said, like, he's choosing to write these fun adventure stories, even though, um, you know, that doesn't, like, really make sense as, like, reports on Sherlock Holmes, um, but then, like, in his fun adventure stories, he'll choose to, like, open by being, like, well, oh, I'm going through these dozens of case files, and I found this one from the year of 1887, and I'm now releasing it because of this. And you're like, why are you telling me this? And you're like, <laughs> like, like, you chose to make this a fun yeah. <laughs> adventure story.
1: Yeah, and that's, yeah, it just, yeah, it's like, his personality comes thing, but also, yeah, the fact that he's just fucking lying to us <laughs> all the time. And I think... Um, that's, that is one of the things I love about Wilson so much, is that Wilson loves to lie. (laughs) Wilson, crazy about lying to people. He's, he'll he'll lie at the drop of the hat. Wilson will lie for no reason. (laughs) People will have a scene with him, and he'll just lie to them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My favorite House Wilson scenes are when, like, House will just, like, initiate a weird bit and Wilson is just immediately like oh yeah we're doing this insane bit together and it'll be like so elaborate and weird and they're both so on board and it's like the result is just that like Foreman is a little annoyed now.
1: (laughs) Uh yeah it's one of my favorite things in the show whenever it pops up because it's Wilson is always with House um but every so often you will get a scene with Wilson where like somebody else talks to him. And he does the same stuff, and it's in those scenes where you're like, this is weird behavior. (laughs) Wilson has actually been acting weird the whole time. It's just that usually you're like, oh, House is being weird, so the people around him are responding to that. And then like Foreman will be like, hey, could I get some advice? Uh, I'm thinking about taking House's job. And Wilson will immediately be like... Oh, okay. We're doing a coup. Cool. You'll need a toga. You're gonna need to, uh, to stab him in the back. <laughs> he'll just like do this whole bit. Or if woman's like, cool, good talk. <laughs> yeah, Wilson reminds me of
0: um, you know in the Community when they introduced the Paget Brewster character, and she like her whole thing is like, oh, I'm I'm not on a TV show, and I'm just no nonsense, yeah. and like. And then when she goes to a different school that's not Greendale, she, like, walks in and starts talking about how no-nonsense she is. And they're like, that's weird. Like, that's a weird thing to do. (laughs) And, yeah, like, Wilson is very much that where it's, like, his role on the show is sort of a foil to be like, House, you're being insane. But then, like, outside of those specific scenes where he's like hey house don't act like that you're like oh this is a weird guy yeah (laughs) if you did a like garfield minus garfield type thing and watched like all the footage without house you'd be like why is
1: wilson like this yeah wilson also loves to do weird (laughs) bits like that's the thing is he's crazy about these bits as much as house is (laughs)
0: um it's interesting uh like obviously tv shows don't have you know, narrators generally, unless there's like voiceover. um, So they can't really directly have that be Watson's role. But it does seem like they incorporate both like, Wilson loves lying all the time. And also like, House the TV show really likes lying. Like they have a lot of episodes like the one you were talking about, uh, where at the end it's like, no, like House has been hallucinating this entire episode, which obviously is partially just like, they're a procedural with 200 episodes, so they're (laughs) fucking bored. But also, I think it is a fun, um, not necessarily an actual homage to Holmes, but uh, I like that they're like, this is sort of a TV show about lying and how people, how all the characters love doing bits, and also like, we as a TV show will lie to you a
1: lot and say no. Lenny, would you say everybody lies? I
0: would not. God. I love her so much, and then all of the house cliches are just absolutely terrible. Like, I hate everybody Mm -hmm. lies. I hate the thing where they're like, like every episode they'll be like, oh, we gotta figure out why this person would do that, and it's usually like, I don't know, probably because it was just like easiest. Yeah. (laughs) They just forgot. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, yeah. I want a house style show where the person is just always like, mm,
1: people are pretty lazy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, I really like your point. Uh, I want, yeah, I wanted to get in that terrible everybody lies joke, uh, but I do really like your point about how the point of view of house is very like, yeah, it really runs with the idea of unreliable narrators. Yeah. <laughs> and that is like, I think
0: something pretty specific to house because like other procedurals when they get bored will do like you know bones will be like we're in a 1920s jazz club but they do that in a very straightforward way of like bones is having a dream um (laughs) and it does seem very specific to house that like when they decide to do a novelty episode it's going to be an episode that is like lying to you
1: yeah I, I also, like, I, I do think that House is, I mean, it's named House, but, like, it is from his point of view, mm-hmm. um, and a, a thing where you really feel that is, like, in season one where he spends that whole time being, like, Wilson's obviously cheating on his wife because he looks like such a hot little piece <laughs> at work, and then, like, in season two, Wilson's, like, actually, my wife was cheating on me. <laughs> I was not doing that, um but, like, it's so entrenched in House's point of view that, like, it's like, oh, of course, Wilson's is... Yeah, the show is, like, Wilson's is huge ladies' man, but it's actually just, like, that's because House keeps saying that. Like, (laughs) we don't actually see Wilson be a ladies' man. We just continually hear House be, like, oh, dressed like a slut again today, and Wilson's, like, wearing a pocket protector and a sweater vest. (laughs) Yeah, and also just, like, in sort of like what is
0: presented as interesting so much of it is driven by House like every episode like whether you like it or not will be like we've got to get to the bottom of why this kid won't eat egg salad and you're like I mean I don't know if I'm interested in (laughs) that but it's like no that's what we're doing
1: no yeah exactly like everyone is everything and everything everyone and everything is so filtered through House's point of view where like when House is talking to someone and he's like you didn't mention that you use hair ties, it does make you be like, oh, you should have, you fucked up, you should have mentioned you use hair ties, even though, like, if that happens, like, 15 minutes in the episode, that's actually not related. (laughs) They will write to not mention it. And, like, even how, like, there'll be an episode
0: where, you know, House will be like, I figured out what it is. Like, she has cancer, and then it's, like, cut to black, and you're like, oh, I guess... Like, that doesn't feel like a resolve, but House, you know, got his answer. And then there'll be other episodes where, like, I'm thinking of, like, there's one where a woman comes in who's, like, a mentally ill drug addict, and, like, after they figure out that she has rabies, there proceeds to be, like, way more long footage where they just, like, go to her house and find all her secrets that they didn't have to do as doctors. (laughs) Um, But so it's, like, even in, like, how long the episode lasts, it's like, well, it
1: just depends on, like, how long House is interested. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, House will, like, tap out, and then, like, uh, yeah, yeah, in the episode you're talking about, like, House stops being interested, but then, like, Wilson and Foreman are like, no, there is going to be more episode, and so House is like, I'll let you guys have the next ten minutes of screen time.
0: (laughs) I... Uh, I think it would be interesting to make an adaptation that, like, was very dedicated to it all being from um, Watson's point of view, since the stories are. Um, I haven't seen a ton, but it seems like adaptations pretty much stick to making Holmes the main character, which is like fair enough. But it would be interesting to show one where, like, every episode ends with Watson writing his diary, like Sex in the City.
1: Yeah, that should, well, you are 100% correct that it should be framed exactly like Carrie in Sex and the City, and I am not doing a bit like that That would be so great. (laughs) Because that is the energy it should have. Yes, (laughs) just a weekly column that's
0: like, okay, guys, here's the deal. What? Yeah, there should be an adaptation where it's like, Watson is like a relationship advice expert, but all of his advice comes from like, okay, my husband's weird, so here's another thing he did.
1: Yeah, no, like, I want the adaptation, um, where, uh, like, ha- Holmes arrives at a crime scene and is like, I'm Sherlock Holmes, I'm a consulting detective, uh, this is my boyfriend Watson, he's dating me for a Vice article. Uh, I, yeah, this, yes, he's got a, yeah, he's got a monthly column, They pay him to just write about what it's like dating me. I think this is weird, but I get to date a hot guy, so I'm not gonna (laughs) complain. (laughs) Yes, write it up. I uh, something that's interesting about House that like yeah something that House really like taps into about the original stories is like because Watson's the narrator, so it's like oh you're you're the point of view for narrating us about you know you're the point of view for telling us about Sherlock Holmes and we, the readers are very interested in Sherlock Holmes and how long he is and that he's a sleepy little guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I am, I like, yes. um, we all, yeah, we're all reading Sherlock Holmes to so hear more descriptions about his long, thin fingers and how nimble they're.
0: <laughs> I am so obsessed with the fact that like, they're not like generally visual stories. Like usually he only says stuff if it's like going to be important to the case. But then, every fucking time, you get that image of him curling up in his armchair with his long fingers, and it's just, like, I love it, because, like, usually you see that in, like, film, like, you know, it's a cliche, but, like, Tarantino is, like, an obvious one, where you're like, I know what this guy likes. Yeah. And, uh, I just appreciate that Arthur Conan Doyle was the proto-Tarantino being, like, I am gonna mention again that his body's
1: long and it's curled up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is an aside to the point I originally wanted yep. to make, but while we're being uh, horny about these stories, yes. uh, one of my favorite things um, is, like, you know, I, I originally read the stories, uh, I got, like, a complete set, so I just started at the beginning with A uh, Study in Scarlet. If you read A Study in Scarlet um, after you read the other stories, you will note that in the, f- the first time Holmes and Watson meet, um holmes is doing an experiment about like um he's he's thought that he's figured out a way to like if you put a drop of blood in the solution it'll like tone a color and that'll actually make it easier to identify what's blood and what's like any other red substance <laughs> we should be really good at a crime scene um so he's like really excited that he's figured this out and he immediately like pulls watson over and is like check out this thing i do and he like he cuts his finger and then like puts in the drop of blood and like shows it and then he he's then like realizing that this was a weird thing to do with a guy who like just walked in and he didn't even guess his name like he self-consciously like puts on a bandage and he's like i have to be careful about bandaging my hands because as you can see they're all like scarred from chemicals and stuff and he shows watson his he's like check out how fucked up my hands are and they are then they are described as like fucked up looking hands because they're like chemically stained and he's like a musician and they're all cut (laughs) but like just with the retrospect the fact that the first time they meet uh Holmes is like self-consciously like oh my hands are so ugly and holds up for Watson to look at and then Watson is like well this has awakened something <laughs> I am never gonna shut up about how great your hands are from the rest from this point on <laughs> you know Watson just immediately being like Haha, yeah those are nice hands we should move in together <laughs>
0: trying to figure out if Arthur Conan Doyle is like an oblivious straight guy or a brilliant gay guy I'm just <laughs> like I don't know what is happening here I don't know if you're gay I don't know if Watson is gay uh, something is happening
1: um my my personal read on this and I I do apologize I as a caveat you shouldn't you know, project shit onto people who are dead. Except yeah. that I do because I have a podcast yeah. where I do that called The <laughs> Circle Hookups. Um, with the caveat that I know I'm wrong to do this, but I do it anyway. Um, so fun. I do very sincerely believe that Arthur Conan Doyle in real life uh, was bisexual and does not know this about himself. Yeah, fair. Um, I, one, I feel like if he was aware of that, he would be too self-conscious to write so openly about, like, hey, hey, check out this honk, check out this hot lady, check out this honk, check out this hot lady. <laughs> Just, I feel like he would do some sort of self-repression <laughs> if that was the case. Um, but also I read, uh, he wrote a story that was very autobiographical called, um, uh, The Stark Monroe Letters, uh, about that was like loosely based on his life and this friendship he had with this weird guy. And in that book, there's a scene where the other guy uh, goes to like the character of Basin Arthur Condoril and is like, hey, let's wrestle. And then the <laughs> next morning, uh, that guy is like, uh, like, what do you call it? With, like dumbbells with the like lifts or whatever. <laughs> Pump- pumping? Yeah, he's... <laughs> This is that guy's out. He's he, yeah. He's doing like workout, uh, pumping, um, naked in that <laughs> car- guy's room, and is like, haha, This is part of like these weird bits we do." And reading those stories, it's like, "Oh, Arthur Conan you don't know this. That guy was trying to fuck you." <laughs> um, <laughs> I. So I, I don't think Doyle knew, and I think that's why these stories are so good because there's this element of mystery to them where you're like, what is going on here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are like, okay, I know it did a lot in establishing this genre, and it makes sense that like no, stuff- they're
1: fine. At yes.
0: Best. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know, like, it makes sense that it's like they are the 1890s, obviously stuff that came later built on this, but like there's just so often, like, here are some random facts, and uh obviously this is all cause they were building a tunnel under the bank, and you're like, e- okay. Um yeah. <laughs> but it does like it does give the impression of an author who was like I want to describe a long guy curling up and closing his eyes. How do I do that? Would mystery sell? Which I relate to very much. Oh, being like, oh, well, what is this actually going to be about? What do I have to make this hot guy do? Um, but yeah, you definitely get that vibe. Also, this is kind of a tangent, but just like you're talking about, uh, the vibe these give off reminded me of a story I just read about... Uh, Christopher Isherwood, who wrote A Single Man, who it uh, early in his career was closeted, because pretty much everyone was at that time. Um, but there was this insane story about how he wrote a description that was like, this guy had a big, strong torso uh, that led to his uh, stupid-looking little ass and scrawny little legs. And Christopher Isherwood was later like, yeah, I felt like I started to give myself away describing his strong torso, so that's why I said the rest of him was underwhelming. And it's just so funny to me that his like his instinct to seem not gay was to be like, then I checked out his ass, but it was not good. <laughs> and I feel like you
1: can see that that's the level Arthur Conan Doyle is working on. Oh, yeah, no, 100%, that's, that is Watson describing everybody, is it's, Watson will be, like, either, like, this person was super hot, or he'll be, like, they weren't even that hot, where it's, like, no one asked if they were hot, (laughs) we want to know what they look like to picture them, but no one was, like, hey, is this grieving, like, grieving widower, like, sexy, would you hit that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh, I remember what the fuck I was talking about, um, Right, because the stories are from Watson's point of view, and us as the reader want to know about Sherlock Holmes, like, there's this thing where we don't really question, like, why we're hearing about Holmes's light little body and his long hands and his intense eyes and the fact that he's always going around in his robe. Uh, (laughs) We're not questioning that because we're like, yeah, I want to know that stuff. Um, But, like, that is. On like a textual level, like we're learning that stuff because that's what Watson's paying attention to <laughs> yeah. and that's what Watson wants to be talking about. And I think House, uh, and yeah, and then, so like, yeah, in the home stories, Watson's like super fucking obsessed with Sherlock Holmes because he's doing, he's literally like writing whole books about this guy and spending all their time together. And then Holmes is completely obsessed with Watson because Holmes is like, obviously, I can't even go to this crime scene unless Watson comes with me. He's essential. And then Watson isn't at any point yeah. essential, but Holmes is just sort of like, no, we have to spend all our time together, and also like can like read uh, Watson's mind, like basically by being like, oh, you you looked at that shelf, so you're sad. It's like what you we were obsessed with each other, and I think. House, um, to its credit, uh, really just goes all in on that. Mm -hmm. And what's great is that when it's not framed as, like, we're getting this obsessive point of view because this is the only way we can learn about Mm -hmm. this character, but when we're just watching it (laughs) as a third, like, just omnisciently, it's like, oh, this is weird for two people to constantly be like, oh... You didn't put butter on your bagel today. <laughs> so that's the only thing I'm going to think about for the next week. Which, <laughs> what are you guys doing? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah, especially because, like,
0: um, the home stories are so, like, uh, they're choosing to, like, just tell you this adventure, and you can sort of accept, like, okay, I'm getting the stuff that's relevant to this adventure, so it, like, makes sense that it's, like, We've got to hop on this train and then, like, stake these people out overnight. Um, And the fact that house is much more like, we're just showing you, like, week to week what the 9 to 5 at this hospital is like. (laughs) You're like, oh, why are they always like, yeah, and also, you're coming with me
1: to this. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, and like I think the 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 thing that's so great about the uh, the Sherlock Holmes stories is that they do always open and often close on these like nice domestic moments, and I think that's why, you know, people get so obsessed with like Tutu Baker's yeah twenty two 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 one Baker Street. I don't know why I messed that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like those, it's said that that's the most famous room in the world. <laughs> um... Like, and people get, like, really caught caught up in, like, the aesthetics and the vibe and the feel of it because, you know, if you read those stories and you get really into them, like, you you do spend a lot of time, like, with Holmes and Watson in their armchairs around that fire. And I think that's a big part of why those stories took off is it was this nice, like, there's this friendship in it, and also this aspect of like because the narrator is part of that friendship. It feels like Holmes is actually your best friend, Aww. and when he's he's giving you when he's giving Watson those slight asides and those like jokey looks, like that's actually you, the person reading this. Uh, very very being John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah. Like, what if I could just go into the what, the brains of a happy couple? <laughs> um, but it's yeah, there's something to house being like, yeah, well, let's do even more of that. Like, that's all the show is, is just we're going to just constantly be like, let's just watch these two guys at their jobs. And then they are adults who move in together all the time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Sarah, do you want to start wrapping up? You certainly don't have to if you had some (laughs) more big points that you didn't get to.
1: Um, let's. Uh, Lenny, do you have a favorite season?
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay. So I'm going to say with the caveat that I haven't, like, binged at all, uh, recently, or maybe even ever. Like, I mean, I know I've seen every episode, but I don't know if I've, like, watched straight through, um, in order. Uh, but I'm going to say, I think probably for the one that starts off with him having a team of, like, 30 people. Uh, cause that, uh, that gimmick just
1: really works and you get to meet a
0: whole mess of fun people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, four is my answer as well. Uh, I rewatched it recently and it's like, yeah, all bangers. Yeah. Yeah, Cause like,
0: uh, season one, like Cameron and Foreman are kind of like a bit much, (laughs) And I feel like sort of all the characters are written like in reaction to house. Like, you know, every episode Foreman and Cameron are going to be like, you can't do that. And Chase is going to be like, hey, you can do that. You're you're killing it. <laughs> um, and then it feels like later when they brought in more people, they were like, what if they had their own thing going on <laughs> other than just being like uh, house good or house bad? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun.
1: Ooh, okay one thing i wanted to bring up um is yeah i mentioned before adaptations will sometimes give uh watson stuff to uh the house character Mm -hmm. and um i think it's so much of what house is about is um he he has um Yeah, he had muscle death in his thigh, and so he needs a cane to walk, and he's in constant pain. And he takes, uh, and the fact that he is always doing drugs is a reaction to that pain. And that's so much of like what House this series is about. And I think it's interesting because in the original stories, um, Watson was shot in the thigh, and then Holmes does morphine. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it would be like, obviously, this would be like a very different show to take that part of House's character out of the equation but I think it would be like it, you could so easily picture how annoyed Wilson would be if House was constantly doing um, like pain meds and like stealing Vicodin and uh, Wilson was like you know I'm the one who was shot right like you are fine you are completely able bodied I'm deal- I'm taking the exact amount of pain meds I need and no more and you're just shooting up okay? <laughs> seen you've probably at least like
0: heard about the like Roseanne finale where she's like it's super weird but she's like uh I know I said that my mom died but actually my sister died and I like there's just like all this weird stuff where she's like this is what actually happened and I'm like well that's not true because the show exists and I watched it (laughs) but it is so funny to me imagining if House had been like no, Wilson is the one who injured his leg. <laughs>
1: okay, it's like, I I use the cane so that when we walk slowly next to each other, people think he's slowing down for me, but actually... <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and then, yeah, off of that... Um, yeah, another thing that I think is, like, kind of a shame that they didn't um, adapt for... Wilson from the original, uh, Watson character. Uh, besides that, Wilson should constantly be writing, like, uh, sexy series of detective novels he's publishing under her <laughs> non diploma. Yes! Job, like, was a missed opportunity. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, in the in the books, um, Watson gets his injury because he uh, was in war. He was a soldier. Um, well, he, he was a, a medical doctor, but he got shot in a battle. So I think you get to say that he was a soldier. Yes. Um, and um, in yeah, and in House he's not, which I think actually would have been like a pretty fun aspect of that character if he was exactly the same personality type, but he'd been in war. <laughs> <laughs> um, But something deranged that House does that is such like a weird like I want to understand your brain, uh, David Shore thing is that House's dad is a marine named John. (laughs) Why would you do that? (laughs) Why would you be like, okay, so we're gonna just make a, we're gonna put some of those aspects of John Watson into House's dad? What? And they don't do anything with that. It's just a thing that haunts me. I do think a lot of the
0: characters on House want to fuck a substitute for their dad. So that does track for me that it's like, yeah, Watson is Wilson, who he's like desperately pursuing, and also his dad. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, like, Chase obviously desperately wants House's approval and is also like, and by the way, my dad is a renowned doctor, but that's not like part of this.
1: Uh, Okay, so um, House and Wilson are the greatest love story ever told. The the series, uh, Wilson is only there because House is in love with him and they are completely obsessed with each other. They will spend the whole week fucked up if one of them does one thing that's weird. Uh, Uh, But I do think we should talk a little bit about how much Chase would absolutely fuck House if House asked. (laughs) Yes! It's silly that he doesn't. Like, yeah, House just needs to give him, like, the green light on that. (laughs) He's he's ready. (laughs) God, that would have been... So, okay, here's the thing. Obviously, again, House and Wilson is the greatest love story I've ever told. Um And it's uh, queerbaiting at the times this whole thing, and it's this really deranged thing where, like, the text doesn't make sense unless they are romantically in love with each other because they both hate the other's love interests (laughs) in a way that's weird for your heterosexual friends. Um, But, like, putting that aside... I think they made a real mistake not making House canonically gay or canonically bisexual because I think we would have gotten so many great plot beats of him going to a patient and being like, it's actually homophobic if you don't let me cut out your liver. Yes! <laughs> I, will, I will get some sort of, I will get like the ACULA in here so fast. Yeah. It's frustrating that
0: they do so many, um, like, progressive reboots now that are, like, completely arbitrary. Like, they'll just be like, this character is, like, Mexican or whatever in a way that's like they pulled it out of a hat. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, just make gay house. That would be, like, the story is already there. Like, you have every beat of the story.
1: Yeah, it's... He, like, I just want you at home, if you have any, like, doubts about this, like, really think about how many great bits he could do about that. Just, it would be so good. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he would, he would be having a fucking field day with that one. Uh, I know that that's not, like, a good reason to want rap or whatever, but, like, I do think, um, how many good bits you can get out of representation should be more of a factor (laughs) Yeah, I feel like they could for sure do
0: something where season one is largely similar and you do, and then you, like, find out how it's fucking chase, and then they're like, I mean, we told you several times, and they're like, oh, we thought those were all you guys joking. <laughs> like, and they're like, we brought it up so much. I, so many times was like, hey, I just came over from Chase's house. I actually, uh, have his underwear in my car. And they're like,
1: yeah, that was a joke. Yeah, that's, yeah, and I, I think that's like one of the frustrating things. Yeah, we are talking about modern, uh, rap and how, like, people will be like, Eleanor in the Good Place is such goodbye rap because she never touches a woman. And you're like, what? Uh, <laughs> but they're always making jokes about it. And, like... I, again, like, yeah. House is always making obnoxious jokes and doing bits or whatever, but, like, sometimes those are true. And the fact of the matter is, like, if you're taking as fact that when he talks about wanting to in Cuddy, that that's not a bit, you then have to be <laughs> like he's always talking about Chase's ass. <laughs> yeah. He is constantly doing bits where he's like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if I just said I was gay for no reason to see how you reacted? Uh, The bit isn't what I'm saying. The bit is, how do you react when I say that? I'm just, just for no reason, if I were to make a, if I were to just say I was attracted to men, how would you react to that? Like, in a way where it's like, if he was gay and just didn't want to tell people at work but was still exactly his personality, that's how he would act? That's exactly, he's he's saying it all the time, and the only thing that's different is, like, you're supposed to know it's a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, House is just, uh, just loves to talk about how men are attractive and also how, uh, it's not gay just to have sex with (laughs) another guy, uh, that's just a thing you can do if you want. (laughs) He loves to bring that up unprompted. (laughs)
0: I've said this about, like, Tom on Succession and, uh, Kelvin on Righteous Gemstones, but, like, queer baiting always works for me if it's just, like, this man is going insane and will ruin his life. Like, that, like, loops it back around me. Because I feel like the journey you go on with queer baiting is, like, first you're, like, okay, this is, like, kind of fun and jokey. And then it starts to get to a point where you're, like, why don't they? Yeah. Like this story doesn't make sense because these guys want each other and are not doing it. And that's, like, the point on most stories where I'm, like, the queer baiting is getting distracting and I can't do this. And then it loops back around when I'm, like, oh, they won't and it's, like, ruining their lives. That's, like, the obvious thing to do and they just won't do it.
1: Yeah, I, like, that's... I I feel similarly where... The, uh, there will be queerbaiting where it's just sort of like ha 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 what if and then there's stuff like Always Sunny and Gotham yes. and House MD where it's like the actual text of the show really? is that they are behaving exactly the way that they would if they um, were in love with each other and deeply closeted and that's just what the bit is, is that this is how they would behave if they were so in love that they were like, this is tearing apart my psyche because there's parts of me I can't admit to. (laughs) That's, that's just what the show is. Yeah, because on
0: something like, like, I don't know, like, psych or like, suits or something, you're like, this seems like two, like, chill, hot guys who are always, like, drinking beers and watching TV together, like, why haven't they done hand stuff? Like, there's not really a reason. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: like, yeah, and in, in suits, okay, and I, then, I, yeah, I, I was thinking of white collar actually, which yeah. is, a white collar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, like,
0: the, there's, like, another genre where it's, like, yeah, their canon lady love interests are also perfect, so I won't complain about it. Yeah,
1: but, like, I... Even though, yeah, like, something like White Collar will narratively kind of rely on you being, like, they're a little bit in love with each other. Yeah. Like, that's the point. Like, at the same time, like, they're, it's not ruining their lives that much, so there is a level of, like, yeah, I mean, probably these two should, um, you know, have a few drinks, have some laughs, and, you know, hook up as long as it's, uh, they've got some sort of arrangement mm-hmm. with their spouses, but... You know, maybe they hook up, maybe they don't. This is just just a fun, sexy time. Whereas, like, yeah, there are the other shows where you're like, this doesn't make sense. (laughs) This is, yeah, like, you want House and Wilson to sleep together because you're like, Wilson is never going to be happy until he does that. (laughs) (laughs) So much of the show is about how Wilson will, like, yeah, Wilson's just the saddest man alive. And it's because he refuses to cultivate a relationship with anybody who isn't House, but he finds his relationship with House ultimately unsatisfying, but not because House is a problem, but because he's somehow not enough. (laughs) 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 Like, what is that about? Why are they constantly being like, Wilson loves to enter into relationships. Uh, Yeah, Wilson loves to move in with House be really happy, and then when things are going really well, panic and move in with another woman who it doesn't work out with because it's obviously wrong. (laughs) Like, no reason for that. (laughs) Yeah. They're they're truly, like,
0: 95% of the way to a a just perfect gay show. (laughs) And to the other 5%.
1: Yeah, and it is, it's annoying because, like, I, on one hand, like, it's like, well, you know, the time it came out, but at the same time, it's like, it is exactly the same as the projection, like, the story projection of Holmes and Watson, and that was published when it was illegal, um, (laughs) to have had them be a couple, and even then, Doyle was like, yeah, I mean, they move in together again in their 50s in this very small (laughs) apartment, which is not... Like yeah, after yeah, after they both become rich and successful, <laughs> uh, they decide to continue to live in this very small apartment together. Yeah. And the eighteen nineties version also committed to Holmes never being
0: with a woman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Holmes is like, Oh, Watson, you know I'm not interested in women. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Holmes loves to be like oh man, could you even imagine me in a marriage? I mean, how would that even work just just waking up and have it you know so having breakfast uh with the same person every morning, saying goodnight to them every <laughs> night, just building my whole day around what they wanna do and if they wanna join me. I mean, could you even imagine doing that? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's what you do. <laughs> it's weird how like
0: even when it's like like Will and Jack on Will and Grace it's still, like, they won't pull the trigger on that relationship. (laughs) And they're, like, completely obsessed with each other, and Jack is basically, like, trying to make Will his daddy in every possible way except that. And it's so crazy that, like, you can literally have gay rep, and it's still, like, we have to stop
1: short of letting this interesting relationship happen. Yeah, it's it's such a shame. Because it's, like, it wouldn't necessarily be like a healthy relationship, but it would be so much more interesting than most gay relationships. Yes. Not real ones, like the fictional right. ones. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess more interesting than real ones in the sense that there'd be more like murders and stuff, <laughs> but I don't mean like, uh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lenny, when you date, there's a lot of solving crimes, right? <laughs> That's part of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh this is literally I just want to toss out that uh, when Watson's married uh Holmes loves to be like oh Watson you need to come with me on this case it's uh it's out of town so we will have to get a hotel room um and then they get there and then it's like not a case. <laughs> Holmes pulls that move a lot and Watson's always like no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's such a funny vibe
0: of just like Watson like not really bringing up his wife, and it feels like if he did, Holmes would be like, "Is that still happening?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) Holmes will bring up his wife, and Watson will be like, "Oh yeah, don't even worry about that. (laughs) This this (laughs) is just guy time." Uh, Yeah, Holmes will
0: be like, uh, like, "Does you having a wife and a job uh, matter at all?" And Watson's like, "No.
1: Like, why do you ask?" (laughs) Yeah, in the final problem, Holmes shows up and he's like, hey, would you be able to uh, take some time off and just leave with me uh, to travel Europe for an indefinite amount of time? And Watson's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. Like, Holmes is the one who's like, would your wife mind? And Watson's like, she's out of town. <laughs> and is <she's> like, what? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, my wife. Uh, my wife sometimes just leaves along long stretches of time, so I can do uh, just go on these like little guy trips. And it's like, what is happening there, and why won't you expand on it? <laughs> the the sexiest parts of the story to me that
0: I'm always like, why is this in there except to be sexy? Yeah. <laughs> is whenever like Holmes will be like, okay, here's what I want you to do: stand by a window for ten hours. Uh, watch for a guy with brown hair, and then scream the word "dog," and then go back home. That's all I need you for. And Watson's just like, "Great!" Like, yeah. Uh,
1: God, does this. <laughs> Yeah, one, one needs to assume that Watson is super into that as part of the yeah. books, uh, mostly because he's constantly bringing up how masterful Holmes is in a way where, like, you can tell that Holmes is like, I'm not. <laughs> Holmes is like, I'm just a little nerd, but you really want that to be the case, and so yes. sure.
0: Uh, yeah, the <laughs> more adaptations need to be more explicit about how Sherlock Holmes is being like tricked into doming someone, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't know that it's sexual.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what it should be. Yes, um, there
0: should there should be Sherlock Holmes movies where Watson is like, "What if I had to ask your permission to pee?"
1: <laughs> yeah, and then Holmes would be like, "I mean, fine. We'll I'll we'll come up with the schedule for that." <laughs> God, there's this yeah, there's this great bit um, in a story where um, Holmes gets injured, so uh, of course Watson uh, rushes back, and he's like, "One, do you need me to kill that guy?" And Holmes is like, "Calm down." <laughs> I, um, and Holmes is like, "Okay, I like I might. Uh, there is something I want you to do." And Holmes and Watson, Watson says, "I'm here to be used," which is amazing. He just says, "I'm here to be used," which is like. No, you don't need to say that. You don't need to say the quiet part out loud there, buddy. Um, and then uh, Holmes is like, Great, thrilled to hear it. I need you to research uh, Chinese pottery. And it's like, What a letdown. Where Watson's like, I mean, I guess while wow, that we're alone, I mean, if there's anything you need, you could do anything to me. And Holmes is like, Could you do some basic homework? And he's like, Fine. <laughs> I do feel like that is so much of House and though. Like it's just it's constantly characters being like, like yeah they get in these constant these constant games of chicken where it's like let's see how far we can push this let's see how far this will go and then then House at the last minute will always be like, uh, great run a test and they're like oh, goddammit, God damn it you got me all 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 hot and bothered about this power play where it's like you were full control of I me mean, you've won this game and it's like. It's never anything cool. <laughs> yeah. House and D is such an insane show because it's, like, it's not sexy.
0: There's, like, like you get to see 13 kiss other ladies, and you sometimes get to see Cuddy in, like, a miniskirt and bra, and that's, like, it. But they have these, like, intricately designed sequences where they'll, like, build up What's, uh, House and Wilson's relationship until you get to a scene where it's like House, but takes a bite of Wilson's sandwich, and you're like, I am going to nut. That was yeah. insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like House and Me is a perfect adaptation of Sherlock Holmes, in that it's only adapting the vibe you get from the books. That these two people desperately want to fuck, but they're like, oh, but first we have to do so much research. (laughs) It really captures that energy of like, yeah, no, I am completely in this guy's hands and we are obsessed with each other and there's no second step. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, yeah. Well, I mean,
0: this was a great time. This was (laughs) such a nice time. Would you like to do some rating? Uh
1: yeah um you you should start yes. because I forget your rating system. <laughs> uh the rating is pretty
0: easy it's just uh out of five um so I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the short stories three stars I, like, part of me feels like it should be lower, because I genuinely do not like the mysteries or the stories at all. <laughs> I frequently, like, the client will come in and tell their story, and I completely tune out, and then they're like, well, those are the facts of the case, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I was not paying attention. Um, but I'm still gonna give it three, just because I still just, like, enjoy, uh, Watson obsessing about
1: Holmes' live body. Right, yeah. A, what I enjoy is, like, now that I, once I did my full read of the series, I was like, great, now I can do what I actually want to do, which is reread the series, but, uh, like, reread different stories, but only the bits that are interesting, and then I can skip the rest because I vaguely remember what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, some mysteries are good and some mysteries not so much. I mean, A Case of Identity is literally nothing. Uh, um... Yeah, I would rate, I would yeah, I rate the stories 3.5 uh because I do enjoy them like especially uh Adventures of Sherlock Holmes uh other other volumes will have like one like ooh that is some uh some old school mindset stuff <laughs> uh, and I think Adventures is like it they, they get really weird about uh and opium but like it's not so bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, three, like, they're enjoyable, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, this isn't literature. (laughs) Um,
0: and then House M.D., honestly, I'm gonna give it five stars. I feel like in, uh, in my youth, I would have given it, like, four for being like, oh, you know, the last couple seasons are pretty shaky. Like, it's that, like in a way, it's, like, definitely not a perfect show, but now I've just, like, come around so much to being, like, yeah, that's, like, what makes it a five-star TV show. Everything that's bad about it, I'm, like, yeah, that's television. And I'm, like, the mindset that makes you give House M.D. only four stars is the same mindset that makes everything a five-episode miniseries. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And for that reason, I'm, like, no, House is uh what a tv show should be five stars
1: yeah uh, house i am uh 10 stars for being perfect in my favorite show and then minus five stars for ruining my life so i agree with you five stars ultimately (laughs) five stars um
0: and then i like to end on a recommendation and i completely forgot to prepare a recommendation and uh uh so i'm gonna have to like look through my goodreads like, while we were recording, I was like, oh, fuck, I always do that. Um, so we can both take some time to think about it. Yeah. But, um, so since we both liked House M.D. better, we would re- We would recommend a book
1: for fans of House M.D. Oh, okay. I actually yeah, forgot how that went. So I came up with Rex for books if you liked the home stories, and then Rex for shows if you liked House. <laughs> so I, I goofed on that. Um... Yeah, okay, so the thing about, um, if you like House is that, um, House is a deranged TV show, (laughs) so I could only recommend a deranged book. Um, I think something that captures the general weird unhingedness of House might be, um, Grasshopper Jungle, which is about this guy who's like, he's a teenager and he's sort of like struggling. Not struggling. He is, like, confused by his sexuality because he's, like, really, really close to his best friend, but he's got this girlfriend that he's super into, and then also um, this giant grasshopper apocalypse happens that really makes everything much more complicated. And I wasn't yeah, it wasn't a five-star book for me, but I definitely think, like, if you are into just this general, like, what is going on vibe that House so accurately captures, I think it really taps into that part of your brain. (laughs) Um, you need more time? I got more. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm ready. Um, yeah, so my book
0: recommendation, honestly, I'm gonna go with uh, the Frog and Toad Treasury,
1: yeah. which has all the Frog
0: and Toad stories, I'm just like, if I had to pick something that captures just how watching House and Wilson makes me feel, especially like on rewatches where now I'm like, I don't care about the thrilling twists and turns. I care about how House and Wilson are vibing. <laughs> uh, I think that that, uh, that book, The Frog and Toad Treasury, just really uh, captures... Hanging out with your gay best friend who you love, you love doing bits with.
1: God, they love doing bits together. Yeah. That's, that's so much of it. Is, uh, to me, love is just doing bits.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's always so great just getting your expertise and uh, all your takes. Would you like to plug anything?
1: Uh, yes, I would like to plug my podcast, Arden. Um, we're working on season three right now. Arden is a queer, uh, mystery comedy series, so as you can imagine, there's a lot of the same vibes as whatever's going on in House (laughs) and, uh, Sherlock Holmes, except, okay, we're pretty deranged, but the main couple is, like, less weird than (laughs) House and Wilson are because they, uh, are both actually out. (laughs) (laughs) um yes so that's arden podcast a-r-d-e-n um like arden forest uh you can find it on twitter at arden pod and you can find me at twitter at sarah Gallup, where i am usually i'm currently re-watching all of house so you can definitely find me tweeting about house if you uh follow me (laughs) uh and you can
0: follow me on twitter at lenny burnham I'm going through a big 1890s literature phase so if that's what you're into you'll see some of that on there and of course if you like listening to me talk about house uh you can look up house of house wherever you get your podcasts and also follow us on twitter at house of house pod thank you everyone for listening Do you want to learn falsehoods? Do you want to learn the not-truths? Do you want
1: to go to hell? Join Eric McAdams, Aleah Blotny, and Liam Sr. as they go to hell. <laughs> we Are Experts is a podcast on the MajorCast network.
0: Each episode, we take a topic we know nothing about and speculate wildly till our hearts content.
1: And then they sort of learn a little bit about the real topic
0: at the end. <laughs> but not too much. Just a little. Tune into We Are Experts wherever you get podcasts whenever we feel like posting it
1: thanks for listening to the major casts network stay fun stay nasty and stay major.